Please be seated. And good morning. Many of you know that I have a passion for working with the youth of our cathedral, young people. I love it because in my works, in my work amongst young people, I can relate. I was a, a youth myself here in this cathedral, and so when I work with people in that demographic, I see glimpses of myself, a cathedral youth, nervous, curious, perhaps misbehaved at times. Never, never actually. <laughs> and I love working with youth because kids, teens, young people, they aren't afraid to ask hard questions. A few weeks ago, I found myself at lunch with one of our former youth. And this is someone who sat in the same pews as you. They were acolytes. They were active in our church, and they were formed here. And they are in college now, on the brink of graduating, and they are asking really hard questions about life. We talked about many things over lunch. School, politics, relationships, jobs, all the messy things about living into your 20s. I wanted to remind him that the Gospels mysteriously leave out Jesus' 20s. They're just not there. But there was a slight pause in this conversation. And this young person asked me the question I think they had been waiting to ask me for a really long time. Will, he said, your faith, your belief in Jesus, your belief in God, do you really believe all of this? Do you really believe all of this? Faith. What is faith? This is the question at the heart of my lunch that day with that youth. This is the question at the heart of the gospel passage today, and it's this force, this thing, which draws us to follow in the footsteps of Christ and to spend our Sunday mornings not at brunch or in bed, but here, worshiping at all souls. What is faith? What is faith? I think it might be easier by starting with what faith is not. Faith is not knowing. Faith is not certainty. Faith is not assurance in God's existence and a strict adherence to rules. Faith is not about a well-ordered set of convictions. Faith is not about a perfect, entirely satisfying, articulate relationship with God. Faith is not about a clear, neat package of beliefs, perfect attendance, and flawless achievements. You cannot buy faith. You cannot earn it in the sense that we think about money or accolades. Faith cannot be won or bartered for. And yet, despite all of this, we crave it, yearn for it, we desperately seek it. What is faith? Anglican theologian Paul Tillich writes of faith, faith is the state of being ultimately concerned. 
The dynamics of faith are the dynamics of humanity's ultimate concern. For Tillich, faith was not just another component among many of religion, but rather the component that unites all of our life's efforts and attitudes and behaviors over the course of our lifetime. It is a way of being, a state of being, a rhythm, a constant striving to fulfill the most basic principle of Scripture. And for Tillich, this is humanity's ultimate concern, the basic principle of Scripture. Love God and love your neighbor. So it's not an object. It's not a thing. It's a way of life, a way of living in this world despite stepping on shards of brokenness. Theologian Anne Lamott had her own way of describing faith. She writes, The opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Certainty is missing the point entirely. Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness, the discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. I want to ask you, how is your faith this morning, all souls? And let me ask you now and put you on the hot seat. Do you believe all of this? Now that I have made you squirm for a second, I want to tell you a different story. A story that may surprise you. Some of you may have heard of a certain saint, St. Teresa of Calcutta. She's arguably one of the most Christian, uh, popular Christian thinkers and activists in modern times. She was the winner of the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979 for her work among the poor and the broken and the needy in India. And she was loved by millions of Christians. St. Teresa started her own religious order. And she was canonized a saint by Pope Francis in 2016. By all measure, St. Teresa lived what many would describe as a holy and faithful life. I mean, come on, she was a saint. She's bona fide. But in 2009, a collection of her writings were published which shed light into the dark, often empty and lonely path that was her faith journey. Teresa wrote this in a journal. Lord my God, who am I that you should forsake me, the child of love? And now I have become as the most hated one, the one you have thrown away as unwanted, unloved. I call, I cling, I want, and there is no one to answer, no one on whom I can cling. Where is my faith? Even deep down right in there is nothing but emptiness and darkness. So you, you who are sitting in the pews wondering or worrying about your faith, you who are nervous or scared or perhaps even ashamed of feeling a lack of closeness with God, take heart. This amazing woman, this saint of God, the spiritual hero whose heart poured open for the broken, 
She shows us that a perfect, a tangible, visible, well-articulated spiritual life is not a requirement to be the hands and feet of Christ. Rather, her, her writings, her prayers, with their desperation, they tell us that all that is necessary might be the smallest amount of trust that we can muster. Trust that God is somehow working in this world for humanity's ultimate concern. Trust that the light will eventually return to the darkness. And then taking the next step in that trust, the smallest possible step in the dark that the Spirit nudges us to take, a step back into church, a step into AA or NA, a step towards helping those on the street, a step into joining or starting a ministry at this cathedral, a step to finally take up the phone and make that phone call to the person that you've been meaning to apologize to or forgive. Today in Luke's gospel, the disciples desperately cry out, Jesus, increase our faith. These disciples lived 2,000 years ago, but we have so much in common with them. They, too, feel that creeping dread, that veil of insecurity that falls on us in our darkest moments. Am I enough? Do I believe this? And Jesus responds to them, as I think he would respond to us today. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, I implore you not to read this passage as if Jesus is shaking his finger at you. But rather, read this passage as if Jesus were assuring you, comforting you. If we hear Jesus speak with the voice of love in this passage rather than the voice of shame, then we hear him telling the disciples and telling us that, in fact, they have more than enough faith to do what they are called to do. Mustard seeds are small, people, like really small, like smaller than the smallest rock, like smaller than a piece of couscous. <laughs> Jesus tells us that with even that much faith, we can move a mulberry tree and plant it in the ocean, which is completely absurd. In Matthew, Jesus tells us that we can move mountains with mustard seeds of faith. With the smallest amount of faith, we can do the impossible. And you know this. Truly, empires crumble from things the size of a mustard seed. Tyrants are overthrown, poverty dismissed. And Jesus shows us that death itself has no chance. What matters is not how visible and pristine our faith is. What matters is what God can do with even the smallest amount of trust that we can muster. Our lectionary is kind of weird today in that this piece of scripture about mustard seeds and faith is scrunched in with this seemingly unrelated piece about servants working in the field, coming home to serve a meal to their master, simply doing what they ought to have been doing, doing their duty. But rather than being unrelated, 
Maybe Jesus is telling us, telling the disciples that faith is not a one-time achievement, a one-off thing. It's not something you can just boast about, you know, in a post on Facebook or your social media. But rather, it's a matter of dedicating ourselves each and every day to pursue humanity's ultimate concern, to love God, to love your neighbor. Maybe it's a matter of mundanely and routinely waking up each morning and choosing again and again and again and again and again to follow the steps of Christ. A matter of grinding it out like Teresa in Calcutta taking small steps in the dark toward the quiet voice of God when all she heard was deafening silence. Maybe faith is like us here at All Souls, choosing to throw ourselves into ministries that combat climate change that combat racial and economic injustice and other issues. Faith is a a little bit of doing what we ought to have done and are doing. Acolyting, reading, singing, serving, donating, praying. And with Ministry Day approaching next week, I ask, what form will your faith take as we head into this new year in the church? What form will your faith take? Friends, this church and indeed the world is built on the mustard seed faith of us all. Small yet present. A little here, a little there. Enough to keep following. Enough to keep taking small steps in the dark. Enough to do our duty and then the next right thing and the next right thing, and the next right thing. And with it, we make ourselves, our families, and Asheville a better place. And along the way, maybe we find some seedy sainthood of our own. I think back to my conversation with that youth over lunch that day. Will, your faith, your belief in Jesus your belief in God. Do you really believe all of this? Do I believe it? I not only believe it, but I have seen it. Amen.